sports, sports, but don't let it take over your life of sports, apparently. Coming to you from independent remote quarantine locations with me tonight are my co-hosts, the exclamation point, the passionate one, Reed. Good evening. And the question mark, the man who cares nothing about sports, Rowdy. And in the middle, I think you've used that. And in the middle of the period, it's, it's called. It's a callback. Yeah, man. <laughs> Episode one hundred sixty. What are we calling back to? Oh, the first like, time you did it. The first time yeah, I did it. Yeah, yeah. It's a catchphrase, <laughs> buddy. Yeah. Uh-huh. How are love we it. otherwise? Yeah. Uh, who, who are those people? Line them up. I don't know. They're, I would, but they're too busy hooting and hollering. Yep. Yep. You should jump into your heavily armed SUV and take a victory lap around them, sir. Anybody got any cheese? <laughs> ex- excellent, excellent one, which you've also done before. Yep. He, I mean, he's got he celebrates the entire Urkel catalog. He really does. <laughs> the, the the entire Urkel oeuvre. Irv, Irv. How do you say that? Irv. Over, the, the entire oeuvre of Urkel. So do you get into the Stefan, or are you going strictly no. Steve? Strictly Steve. Gotcha. Very good. Well, how hey, are we otherwise, if, guys? If there was a Stefan Urkel these days, he would get canceled. Because if we can't accept <laughs> nerdy Steve, we're definitely not talking to Stefan Urkel. Wait, right. Is, is, is the uh, current consensus is Steve Urkel was problemat- is problematic? No, Stefan was. Stefan is. Okay. I just wasn't sure if we're also saying Urkel is... No, Urkel should be accepted for who he was. Not he right. shouldn't have to be improved by whatever happened to make him Stefan. Is it a hot take to say that Urkel was a, a precursor uh, or a precursor, depending on uh, where you where you are? To precursor, uh, I think the Brits to um, Big Bang Theory mm. and that whole that whole uh, genre. Oh, like the fetishizing of nerds. Mm-hmm. Hmm, interesting, probably. Yeah. Although it was a bit, a bit part. I mean, technically, he was the star, but he was also not the main focus. It was the Winslows. Yeah, well, he wasn't was supposed to be the main focus, but eventually it became the Carl, oh, the, writer, and, the Carl and Urkel show. Right. And, and Kimmy Gibbler, meanwhile, was just sitting over there just fuming. Like, yes. this could have been me. Well, but Kimmy uh, Kimmy Gibbler was like a peeping tom. It was weird that she like looked through your window or came in your window. Well, they were both creepy. Or you the, think Steve the, was creepy? Well, he comes into your house and 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 is in love with your teenage daughter. But he always announced himself. Kimmy didn't announce herself. Uh, yeah, I think she did. When she said like ahoy, Tanners. Oh, uh, that's right. I'd stand corrected. Yeah. But, but she, neither but neither was this came through the door. Right, that's true. But neither but was as creepy as Cousin Cody who lived in the van out in the driveway. Oh, that's I forgot true. about Cousin Cody. Yeah, sex the offender. Difference, the yeah. difference between those two and Urkel, if I may, is that Urkel had no association to the family other than he lived on the block or was their neighbor or something. He was not friends with anybody there. In fact, he was harassing somebody who lived there. That's yeah, tr- unwelcome, yeah, that's true because Kimmy, Kimmy was at least yeah. DJ's friend. DJ's best friend, bestie for life. Yeah. So it's true. It it made sense that she was there and Cody was obviously family and you never turn your back on family. But Urkel, I mean, he was just, he was a nuisance. I feel like that was me in my neighborhood. 
You were no. Steve Urkel? Sir, no. Did you just walk in people's houses? No, but like I would always I like, could, you know. I could see you saying, did I do that a lot? Because yeah. I lived with you. Just like well, winging the door open. Because yes. I would because I would walk to, I, I would always go over to, uh, there were two other it was it was weird because there were three houses in a row and all three of us were the same age uh, mm. three boys all all three the same age same grade and so i would go over like any time i had like free time i just go knock on one of their doors and be like could andrew come out to play could scott come out to play and their parent <laughs> their their moms would always answer the door and just be like no no not <laughs> And they, and the kids were probably like hiding in the living room, like tell them to go, tell them to go away. Yeah, I don't. Was there another um, Andrew? Was there a second mm-hmm. Andrew? My next door Andrew. neighbor. So there, I do think Andrew and Scott were out playing. You think Andrew and Scott are now married? And it's like a love it's, to each other. Yeah, like they're no. married to each other, and they're like, yeah, we I, used to be okay. No, I know they're not. And you were the third um, wheel, so you were always trying to, to, you were always trying they, to break it up. I was the third wheel because I moved in last. And okay. so they would stick their uh, dog on me. It was a Yorkie. But I was <laughs> but I was scared of dogs. So they would I guess they wouldn't really stick it. They would just like let it out and then it would chase me all the way home. So I remember pretty vividly, I don't remember a lot of my childhood, but I do uh-huh. remember standing in the garage on a chair screaming as this Yorkie's kind of jumping up, probably just wanting to be petted, uh, screaming and crying. And then my parents opened the garage door like, what is going on? Um, my other move, my other, I guess, Urkel move was my, uh, my actual friend who would hang out with me in the neighborhood. I would go down to his house <laughs> and I would play with his toys um, and inevitably, inevitably would break one of those toys. I, and, I then I, and then I'd be like, uh, I'd look at the clock and be like, uh, my mom told me I had to be home at, uh, <laughs> as soon as I broke something, 417. <laughs> <laughs> and I just leave. Yeah. Where were you with cheese consumption at this time? Oh, I hate cheese. Still hate. I've cheese. always yeah. hated cheese. Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah, and I also didn't become pals with any of their dads. That's probably good because <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a bit older during the film. <laughs> I feel like Mr. Riggs would have been fun to hang out with, but I don't know. What are you saying? I'm pals with Snoop's dad. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I mean, that's half the conversation. Uh, leading into these episodes is is your dad talks so yeah. <laughs> yeah he's an amiable guy I mean I understand it he's, yeah that makes sense I don't I, don't I mean know it was it. it was definitely an adult relationship uh, started in our well when I was an adult right not when I he, was not when I would come over to Snoop's house and he and his two brothers would hide when they would see me coming up the driveway. <laughs> It sounds like rowdy experience. Yeah. <laughs> because they were because they didn't like you or because they were intimidated by No, you? I'm saying that didn't happen like it did with you. Yeah. Oh, oh I, I thought that was a shared experience. Oh, no, okay. no. So sir, that was just no, me. No, okay, you cool. are you are mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> and Snoop's house was the kind of house you just walked into too. Yeah. yeah. Man, yeah. that would have been nice to have. We got a lot of those. We had a lot of walking in people. Yeah. yeah. We would have had an Urkel. I mean, we had a nosy neighbor for sure, but he was always invited. <laughs> yeah. 
So, well, thanks for joining us, folks, on this definitely a sports <laughs> podcast, without a doubt. Just getting into the Urkel canon. <laughs> yeah, very quickly. TGIF canon. Yeah, just more general, general uh, TGIF <laughs> slash sitcom neighbor canon. Uh, join us next <laughs> time for a deep dive into the Tommy Westfall universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My other my, one, of, one of my top five favorite uh, topics to ever discuss. Well, thank I don't you have for... to take this. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> Since you're here and you put yourself through this much uh, uh, punishment, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, that like button, and uh, we'll get started. Hey, Rowdy. Hey, bud. <laughs> How about some sports? How about it? Hey, first up. Uh, yeah. Good news. Ireland's lacrosse team is giving up its spot in the, in the international, uh, I guess, the World Games 2022. Oh, let's let's wait for this siren. Sorry, uh, we keep... it's it's going down already here in Atlanta. Yeah, work through it. Yeah. All right. Ireland's lacrosse team has given up its spot in the World Games 2022 to the. Iroquois Nationals. Now, this is a pretty th- cool. This is a pretty cool story. Yeah, this I is a, this is a feel good story, which we don't have very many of. Um, so Ireland was was selected to appear in the World Games. Um, there were eight teams total who were who were selected, um, but to appear in, this, to this appear was in all Birmingham, Alabama. To appear in, in Birmingham, Alabama, it was supposed oh. to be twenty twenty one. It got pushed to twenty twenty two. Um, but Ireland actually, the, all, all of these, all of these teams were selected based on how they finished in the 2018 Federation of International Lacrosse World Championship. So Ireland actually finished 12th while the Iroquois finished third, mm-hmm. but because the Iroquois, uh, did not quote represent a sovereign nation and did not have an what? Olympic committee. They were ruled ineligible, yeah. um, and so uh, yeah. So they they, but in August the uh, the International World Games Association said that it would actually reverse course if a place could be found for the Iroquois team. So they're essentially like, hey, we screwed up, but one of you is going to have to decide to leave, and so Ireland uh, Ireland decided that they would allow the Iroquois to uh to participate i think they were also they were the lowest ranked team in the competition at this point but yeah not only that i mean they're uh the, the iroquois are the ones who invented the game they right. called the medicine game so without the iroquois nation there would be no lacrosse right right and so um even the what the Sonny Campbell, the um, one of the players for Ireland, said none of us would be going to Birmingham in the first place if it wasn't for the Iroquois and giving us the gift of their medicine game. So they had no problem bowing out and saying this is the right thing to do. So I think it's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. It is. The, yeah. the Irish are are impressively empathetic to indigenous people. They're, they've. They have some legislation. I forget the specifics, but they had some legislation go through, I think, last last year that was uh, in recognition of uh, some of the indigenous people that had come to Ireland. Hmm. 
Maybe yeah. it's just dominated cultures are empathetic with other dominated cultures. But... I mean, well, it's it's in the, this isn't the first time that this the Iroquois Nationals uh, speaking of the well uh, that that part of the world uh, a few years ago the Iroquois Nationals tried to uh, travel to England and they were not allowed in because they uh, the British government said that they had to either have Canadian or American passports to come into the country. And they, they had have their own passport. They have Iroquois. Yeah. They have Iroquois yeah, Confederacy passports. Nation. So, uh, former president Hillary Clinton, uh, <laughs> who was secretary of state at the time actually intervened. Um, so she actually allowed them to, that actually allowed them to travel. Um, but they still weren't able to participate in, uh, in the event. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. Like they're, so the Iroquois, they are, or they, they call themselves the Haudenosaunee. Yeah. And so that's the Mohawk, Oneida, Onondaga, Cayuga, Seneca, and Tuscarora tribes. And they, still have this what what is called the Iroquois Confederacy or the Haudenosaunee uh Confederacy the and Longhouse. Yeah, and they they still have, you know, they there are the there's the clan clan structure um with which I feel like there's actually a lot of the American government that was without doubt that was inspired by the way the Iroquois structure uh, yep. is established, but yeah, I think the what we're missing democracy in the new world. Yeah. Well, what we're missing is the fact that they are uh, matriarchal. And so they mm-hmm. have clan clan mothers who head up each clan and these clan mothers can actually remove any uh, chief from office if they don't feel like they're serving well, uh, the best interests of their nations. Hold on. So not only does the Iroquois Confederacy inform the United States Constitution and our democracy as yep. we pseudo know it now, yep. but you're telling me that they invented cancel culture? Uh, sorry, they are hashtag woke uh, is, what, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Wow. Yeah. This is amazing. Um. But no, this this is a cool story. Um, I do cool. I do think that they should bring back the original form of uh, of lacrosse. So I, I mean, growing up in Indiana, we didn't have lacrosse. I don't know no. anyone who played lacrosse. I think and lacrosse so, is still like the the state sport of uh, Maryland. So I, East I Coast was, elites. East I always, Coast well, I was going to say I was just associated yeah. it with college rapists, but um, <laughs> right. that's fair. You're, yeah, I mean, alleged, yeah. alleged. Actually, As they, they've been exonerated. They, they weren't exonerated. About, if you're yeah. talking about Duke lacrosse here, they've been yeah. exonerated. By right. Yeah. If Snoop says alleged, I'm in the clear. But those the rapists that do, um, yeah, that's that's who I have in mind. Um, but the crazy thing is, so this, you know, they've they've been playing lacrosse for hundreds and hundreds of years. But I've seen so different descriptions of what this game originally was. They they stretch between you know oh okay well the game could be as short as a hundred yards the 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 playing field. 
or up to, I've seen two miles, I've seen six miles and anywhere from, uh, you know, a a couple dozen to um, hundreds of players. Mm. And so apparently what would happen was they would set up between, they would set up if they, if there was a, uh, prairie or grassland space between two different tribes or villages they would set up the game in that space and say okay well here's our goal markers and it was kind of like um that japanese sport where everyone just like the mass of people just run toward the center it was kind of like pole. That. The, pole was the, pole, the pole the pole yeah i was that's what i was gonna ask you about it, it was it's, it's like that so that. they would toss they would toss the ball out and everyone would just run toward that and just uh and and the games could last for um days so but yeah they but they see they consider so for the iroquois and one of the reasons it's cool that they're in this is they see this as like this is part of their religious culture so they say that lacrosse is a gift from the creator they call it like snoop said the medicine game um which is meant to heal and strengthen their people um, which it's funny because we've talked about this in the past sports, you know, when we've talked about, uh, what purpose does sports play or, or what would a world without sports look like? And that idea of sports as sort of a, a, uh, proxy war. Well, well that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's exactly what lacrosse was. And yeah, so it could, it could be for that. So it'd be yeah. different clans, uh, or nations within the Confederacy uh, could resolve conflicts through through that. Um, but and you, you know, this the idea that sports is religion is uh, or a part of a religious experience is, isn't too far off from where we are now. When you consider like the what some would say about like the omniscience and omnipresence of God being omnipotent and sovereign, I mean, we consider like ball is life, right? And ball don't lie. Well, don't so do, either, who, who does that? Who says that? They do be saying it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not that different, right? Ball is life. Sure. Ball is still life. And ball well, don't the, lie. The proxy war thing for sure is it. And, and I would, uh, What's this thing? What's this organization called, Rowdy? The Federation of Lacrosse, or Federation? Uh, it yeah, it's the um. Oh shoot! I I lost I lost it. Well, my point was going to be they need international International World Games Association. Oh, I thought you said it was the Federation of something. Iroquois National. Oh, what they want, what they placed in was the the Federation of International Lacrosse World Championship. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's the World International World Games Association that then that qualified them for for the World Games, and so that's that's what they're going to be allowed into. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Read your history, kids. George Washington learned a lot about democracy because he spent his early career fighting the Iroquois. Well, and as we get into, well, yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, But as we get into the winter months, I think we should also highlight um, lacrosse is not the only uh, Haudenosaunee game. Uh, There's also Snow Snake, which this is 
this sounds great. This is this is a winter sport. I think we need to uh, we need to make a, a bit more common. So snow snake is t- teams compete by throwing um, essentially spears, which is the snow snake um, down the length of a snow track. So they build up this track from the ground, and the team that can throw its its sticks the farthest wins the game. Um, so you've got the long snake, which is up to seven feet long, and then the mud cat, which is three feet long. And each team has a limited number of throws, and they can coat the sticks with um, a, a wax to make it slide on the snow further. Oh. And apparently, the best snow snake players can actually throw their stick more than a mile down the track, which I don't Jeez. understand how that's possible. Um but apparently the roots of, of snow snake are in, you know, rooted in the past because they would actually use this for communication. So they would throw these, these uh, spears um, along frozen rivers and lakes so that they could send messages between different camps in the winter. Um, but huh. I, I, can you imagine? I, I don't even know how that's possible to, to throw a stick for a mile. Well, and you had to build that track that's over a mile right. long too. Yeah. So I don't know. I need to, wild. I need to watch some videos and, and see the mechanics of, yeah. of how this actually works. But yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. Um, yeah, but the fact that definitely. they're, 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 they're playing games where they throw uh, spears um, a mile for a mile. And the fact that they play games that last for days with hundreds of, of, of people, uh, I, I, honestly, I would say that all of us should probably be carrying Iroquois Confederacy passports. Um, oh, like, we, I mean, technically, at one point, we were in there. We were in their territory. Mm-hmm. I think it was oh, yeah. I mean, our, like were... Indiana was seated in like 1701. I think right. so. Um, upstate New York, North, Northern Pennsylvania, Ohio, Great Lakes area. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they were the baddest, the baddest group outside of maybe the Comanche in terms of the two warring factions that that gave the United States the best run for their money. Mm-hmm. Well, this is you know we have a game here on this um, podcast, which its roots are also rooted in history, as Rowdy just so eloquently put it. <laughs> 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 that uh, no no one's ever been a winner of, and that's um, have Rowdy explain a sport. That's true. Um, and it's offshoot. Um, have Snoop explain gambling to Rowdy. There's oh, ne- never been any winners to <laughs> either mean, one of those. That <laughs> either one of those sports. That yeah. happened. That happened last week off the pod, and it <laughs> still made no sense to me. But yeah. other yeah, than that, I think we made an agreement that I'm just going to give you money, and you're going to. No, be my guy you're yeah. my man is that what you were called is that what we're calling you you're my man <laughs> yeah yeah i'm your shirt i don't know the, i don't go. know the terms yeah, yeah. anyway you guys yeah. want to talk about tommy tuberville yeah the let's quitter talk about <laughs> let's absolutely talk about uh so doug jones the opponent uh in the senate race in alabama you mean the democrat in name only the, the incumbent 
Yeah, uh, Doug go. Jones is currently in a uh, neck and neck battle with uh, Tommy Tuberville, as we covered on the pod, oh, some weeks back, that yep. uh, Tommy Tuberville was running for for a Senate seat, former Auburn University football coach, and uh, Doug Jones rolled out a unbelievable political ad during the Alabama game uh, on Saturday. And Alabama, Texas A&M, correct? Alabama, Texas A&M. And it was a banger. It was a Reed, banger. So tell you gonna, what, why don't you roll it. that beautiful bean footage? Yeah, let's, let's roll this thing. It's not just that he's a quitter. It's how he quits. Tommy Tuberville, after telling his players the only way he would leave his team at Ole Miss would be in a pine box, Tommy Tuberville quit the next week. He quit on his players at Auburn, but still collected a $5 million buyout and $250,000 no-show job before moving on to Texas Tech. He quit on his players at Texas Tech, too, even walking out of a dinner with a recruit to take the job at Cincinnati. Then in his last coaching job, Tommy Tuberville quit on his players again. And as he slinked away to booze, he told Cincinnati students to go to hell. Hey, go to hell! Get a job! Now, after moving to Alabama just 18 months ago, he wants you to trust him as your United States Senator? It's a six-year term. Fear the thumb, remember the quitter. I'm Senator Doug Jones, and I approve this message because I'll never quit on the people of Alabama. Doug Jones is coming in hot. Hot to death. I think this might be the greatest political ad that I've ever seen. It's definitely the best voiceover artist I've oh. ever heard in a political just ad. 18 months after moving back to Alabama, <laughs> you know, I mean, to air this during the game and to speak the language of Alabamians, football, I mean, you nailed it. This is a deep crimson state, though, yeah. and Tommy Tuberville is is war eagle. Uh, you think he, is he running on that? Is he running on his Auburn roots at all? Yeah, I mean yeah. that's his that's his whole claim to fame in the state of Alabama. Like that's that's the only thing he's known for. So I'm sure that he's resting on his laurels in that in that respect. Uh, sir, sir, let me correct you there. In this house, in my house, what Tommy Tuberville <laughs> is known for and will always be known for is leaving a Texas Tech recruiting dinner. Oh yeah. To go to the to quote unquote go to the bathroom and then leave the recruit at the table to go to Cincinnati to go to Cincinnati to take a job. <laughs> He's a quitter. Do you, do you want a quitter in the United States Senate? I mean, that is a hilarious move, but also, what kind of person does that? That is insane. Oh yeah, I mean, you, a, a greedy co- person. Junior college offensive lineman Devontae Danzi was at dinner with in Lubbock in oh at a dinner gosh. with Tommy Tuberville. And it, he got up and it said, the waitress brought our food. This is Danzi talking. The waitress brought our food out and we thought he went to the bathroom, but he never came back to dinner. <laughs> then next thing I know, oh the next day, he made an announcement. He's going to Cincinnati. Who paid the check? I have no idea. <laughs> that is it's that is insane. This guy's psychotic. Yes. Also, Go to hell. Get also, a job. <laughs> uh, if you're going to be called Tuberville, put an extra B in your name, buddy. Your name's Tuberville. It is Tuberville. It's, Tuber, Tuberville. it's Tuberville. 
Tuberville. He's just a big potato. Yeah. So how is this? I, I have not heard any any. Uh, Call him Tommy. Tommy, Tom, Tommy Potato Town. <laughs> Old Tommy Tater Town. Tommy yeah. Tommy ta- Tommy Tater Town. Yep. They call me Tommy Tate. Uh, uh, the alliteration. Oh man, our next senator, Tommy Tater Town. Yeah, Do unfortunately, think- I don't think this is going to make it. I mean, I think it provided a good a good giggle on a commercial break during a blowout game, but. Uh, I have I have my doubts that it's going to move the needle. Who knows? What else do you have if you're Tommy Tuberville, uh, and really if you're Doug Jones trying to make a like a smear campaign, a negative ad? What else do you have to run on on Tuberville? Right. He's never held political office. No Tom. experience, right? He has no experience. So the only experience you have is is as a coach, right. and you keep quitting, and you keep telling people you're not going to quit, right? Yeah, well, that's an Alabama tradition. Yeah, that's true. Well, it started in it, <laughs> it started, started in Florida, in Michigan, and then went to or, yeah, then went to LSU, and then went to Florida. <laughs> yeah, uh, I yeah. don't. Uh, he, it is he is running on like the Trump strategy and like an outsider, you know, no experience, uh, fresh fresh blood to the to the office or whatever, but. Yeah, I'm, but, he, I mean, when I saw that live, I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it was unreal. I texted it, you guys. I was just like, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> I mean, like, like I said, the, the, dinner, the dinner story on its own should be enough to just know that this guy is a sociopath. Yeah. Like. There's no, there's no other explanation, and I feel like that's what this job, this ad does a good job of of laying out. Like, this sir, guy are you is, aware of the governors that Alabama's had over oh, the years? <laughs> oh, I mean, I would say, I mean, that's why I think politics is probably a good fit for him because I do, I think that, I mean, look at look at how, how many of our how many of our of our senators and elected officials are over age 65 yeah how many how many are over 80 and they're running for re-election that's insane mm-hmm. what what if you are this is what i don't understand about just politics in general if i'm 80 years old and also wealthy why what 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 brain disease do you have to have to even want to deal with that mess no like you have to be a sociopath and that's both sides i'm not saying just just tommy potato town um i'm saying i don't know how old he is so i mean maybe yeah you can run but like i i think (laughs) after age 65 you should have a mandatory retirement because that's the only that that's the only safeguard against people with congenital brain disease who who have this power trip who think yes the world still needs me no we don't move to Count, florida counter move to florida argue, counter play, play pickleball right. play pickleball and pickleball. right into the sunset and enjoy enjoy your enjoy your vast wealth you could be any you could be anywhere in the world you could be anywhere in the world doing anything in the world you want eating any meal you want with whoever you want quitting any job you want 
Yes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You can I mean, be walking out of any dinner you've ever wanted with whoever <laughs> you invited there. Right. What? So do that. Do you just do that? Just be a, be, about, be a sociopath about, in your private life. What about the uh, wisdom of the elder, mm. uh, Rowdy? No. That that, that just cashes no. out. At, that cashes out at sixty six and a half or whatever social if, security if, is. If they if they weren't getting campaign contributions, then maybe. If they weren't beholden to lobbyists and special interest groups, then maybe. Yeah. Um, but I no, think I think I think that if you run if you run for a. Uh, if you run for public office and you – I'm trying to think what the best – like is it – it's either mandatory retirement at age 65 or um, you get one more term after age 65, but after that, it's a lethal injection. Oh, just wow! And, and that's and that's how and and that's how we know you're going to be doing your best work because you really value public service if you're going to serve that extra term. Bec and it, because you know so what's there's coming, a of, there's a lot of self-selection at that point. Like yeah. you're doing it for mm. the, the good. See, you see yourself out the door. Do you really? Do you really? Uh, are, are these really the values that you that that you want to? Uh, uh, you know, sacrifice. Yeah. I do. I have two points to make. One, it seems like with you, Rowdy, a lot of our political conversations ends with somebody dying. Yeah. Um, by by either lethal injection or I don't even remember all oh, the other ways. Well, Firing it's not, always, squad. It's not always dying. There's also chemical castration. There you go. I was going to let you. I was going to let you say it. I stopped because I didn't know if you wanted to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, and then the second thing is like, yes, there is wisdom of the elders, but I think there's a distinction to be made between the wisdom of the elders and allowing them to have a voice and the leadership of the elders, which is something entirely different. Right. And I think yeah. speaks to this is like you, once, once they start, once their mind starts going out to the woods, like you still have to listen and you should listen, but that doesn't mean you should leave. There is still yeah. some discernment that's required from possibly a younger mind. I think Snoop and I are saying the same thing, essentially. I don't think I don't well, think we are at let, all. Let's, let's, <laughs> Nobody was sterilized in what I yeah. said. Yeah, I mean, you're good who you're good Hoosier here, Rowdy. Let's play semantics here for a second. And in your system, how if you had to write up your system, like legislate your system, what words would you use? Would you use execution? Would you use euthanasia or would you use uh, eugenics? Well, so if so, talking specifically about uh, holding people in power to account by uh, having them sacrifice their lives, I think there's a lot of precedent in uh, in ancient. So it's, it's in, a lifetime in, in, appointment in ancient kingships. I mean, I yeah. think that was. I think in Ireland. That was practiced where, okay, you're king, and hey, you know what? Uh, we had extra frost this year, and our crops didn't do so well. So, hey, buddy, uh, you're going to be tied up and thrown in the bog. So are we doing like a Girardian, uh, uh, a Girardian um, scapegoating here? Is that what you're talking about? 
I mean, it could be that, but I'm just saying there's a precedent. And if you sign up for this job, then there might be, you might have a price to pay at the, at the end of this. And right now there's no, on, on, on either side, there's no, there's no price to pay. You just get paid more. I was going to say the only consequence of running for office seems to be uh, enrichment. Right. So, so let's let's make this a little higher stakes. That's all I'm saying. Okay. You know, so is this like we can, is, we can work out the details? Like it doesn't have to be. Like maybe it's just severing an arm, or uh, I don't know, um, an embarrassing tattoo, or brand. I don't know. Let's. But I'm just saying. Let's 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 up the stakes a bit. Let's brainstorm. So we're not talking about like uh, legislative action to enact like what is it regicide where we're killing our leader. Right. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Su- I'm not suggesting that I have the finished plan. You know. I'm. I'm just. I'm. <laughs> that's good. I'm. I'm. I'm, yeah, I'm, that's, I'm that's fair. <laughs> I can. Yeah. I can tell you're working some things out. <laughs> I'm just tossing. I'm just. I'm. I'm just. I'm just tossing some ideas out so that you can do your own work and maybe spark. You know. It's like the Dick Tracy conversation. I'm just tossing the dots out there and, and it's up to you to connect them. And, you know, that's the great thing about America. That's one of the great things about America. But Bill O'Brien was fired. <laughs> so what does that mean? He was executed? I don't actually know who Bill is. I, I, every time I see this name, I'm thinking Bill O'Reilly. So I, I have no idea what this story is about. Yes, Bill O'Brien uh, is in his seventh season with the Houston Texans of the NFL. How old uh, is he? Uh, I would say he's probably, if I were to you're guess. pushing 60, probably. Nah, 47. You think he's that young? Yeah, All right, we'll, we'll let him 50. Win. He's 50. All right, he's he's got 15 more years. He is in his seventh season. He's a four-time AFC South uh, champion, so he's won the division four times, coming second the other time, made it to the playoffs four out of the six full seasons he's played or uh, coached there, uh, but he was fired after an 0-4 start with the Houston Texans. Not only was he the head coach, but he was also the general manager of the Houston Texans. I think Absolute he took- power. I think, yeah, absolute power. I think he took that over. No, I actually, I probably should look this up. I think Bill O'Brien, he's from the uh, Bill Belichick tree. Mm-hmm. He went to Penn State when they were under, um, when they were under, what's it called? Um, sanction. The, sanction for, thank you, for uh, all of the Sandu- Jerry Sandusky investigation. So he went there for one season, and then he was already being looked at for like a possible, um, possible head coach job in the NFL. He said, oh, "That's not quite right. I probably shouldn't leave after one year." So he left after two years. Uh, and I think he came, like I said, from the Belichick tree. Which Bill Belichick, they don't technically have a general manager in New England anymore, but I think Belichick plays that role. So I think that's why he. Uh, wanted both. Now, was he good at it? No, he was not no, good at uh-uh. it. Yep. And and one of the first things he did, he was actually appointed the GM this year. So after the last season, and one of the first things he did was trade uh, top three wide receiver in the league, oh, DeAndre for sure. Hopkins, for sure, top three. Yeah, yeah, to the Arizona Cardinals. 
for yeah, let him walk. When like, when you say top three at that point, do they have like is there a solid list where they say like this guy's number three? Yes, it's usually mm-hmm. just by statistics. Yeah, I mean, I'd say he's definitely top five. But we're okay, so, like so he Julio, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae. So it wasn't Adams, a deal where it's Michael like, Thomas. you know, the record labels that turned down the Beatles before they were signed. Oh, no. Yeah, you know how good DeAndre Hopkins oh, is. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I don't. Right, no. But I guess no. you're telling me. I'm pretty sure he owns the season, uh, regular season record for receptions in a game. Mm, does he? I thought Brandon Marshall still had that. But I, I think know. he got it against the Colts. It's like 21 or something. 21, yeah. 21's the record. So, yeah, he might have it. Um, so, in this trade, he got David Johnson, um, or what's left of David Johnson. Yeah, he's knees, used up. Uh, and, and a 2020 second-round pick and a 2021 fourth-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins and a 2020 fourth-round pick. So, not a good haul on probably... Like I said, easily top five best wide receivers in the league right now. Oh, yeah. So what happened? What what was he doing? Did he sabotage himself? And how do you take a team that need, needed like maybe a little tweaking? You were 10 and 6 in 2019. Yeah, he's got a uh, Heisman Trophy winner, Deshaun Watkins, a quarterback. Uh, that's not his name. Deshaun Watkins? Is that his Watson. name? Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I was, I was just going to let it slide, but yeah. yeah, Deshaun Watson. Didn't, didn't sound right. No. Um, historically, they've had a really good defense that has, uh, gone downhill over the last few years. Well, not only that, but think about this for a second. They were 10 and six. They won their first playoff game. They went into Kansas city to play the chiefs. And they were up 21 to zero in the first quarter of that game. And they ended up losing by 20 points, 31 to 51. And since then, since being, since that quarter, they have blown every game that they have had since then, they've had a double digit lead and they've blown. So they're the Atlanta Falcons of the AFC. The last five games that they've played, they've blown a double digit lead in all of them. That's defense, man. That's crazy. That's, that's defense. And, that's defense and ball control. So is he is he a bad coach, or is he a bad GM? Well, because it seems the, like he's been a pretty good coach that had like he's had a crappy run. But I mean, the GM in the last four games has done him no favors. Well, I think that's how I would I stack it in my mind that the GM is more foundational than the coach because that's who gets the talent. You can only do, you can only coach who you've got. Mm. And if you're not getting talent, then what are you doing? Uh, Yeah. And he wasn't getting talent. In fact, he was trading it away. Well, they don't forget. They also traded away uh, or released Jadavion Clowney. That's right. And he signed with uh, Tennessee. So he's in the same, he's in the same division. Right. With a cup of coffee in Seattle, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, he's let and uh, was Clowney number one pick? Yeah, he was over Reggie Bush. That old As Reggie Bush, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't it that year? Am I no. thinking Clowney's only been in the league like three or four or five oh, yeah, years, yeah. right? Okay, who am I thinking of? 
anyway, yes, he, he was the number one overall. But he's had a number one pick. He's had the defensive player of the year in TJ or, uh, uh, Watt. Which Watt is on Houston again? TJ Watt? JJ Watt. JJ Watt. Watt. Watt's on Pittsburgh. Three, three-time defensive player of the year, JJ Watt. He's had Watt. defensive now, player of the year. He's had uh, number one defensive end, number one pick defensive end. He's got a Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback. He had a top three receiver. Uh, I mean, they've just bled talent. That's general management, man. Yeah. No, they did trade. You, they did trade Jadavion Clowney before. That was in 2019. So that technically was before he was the GM. Okay. But doesn't do any favors. Like, right. This, this is what you did with your team. Right. And obviously the general manager before him was doing something because they had JJ, they drafted JJ Watt. They drafted that crazy guy out of USC, Brian Cushing's. Uh, I mean, Mm -hmm. they had, they had a legitimate defense for many years Mm -hmm. and they just, you know, those guys aged out or got injured and they just never replaced them. Yeah. D'Amico Ryans. They had a lot of people, man. Uh, Rowdy, you'll be happy to hear this. I just looked up that trade, uh, the Jadavian Clowney trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Texans got in, got back from the Seahawks. Jacob Martin and Barkevius Mingo. Oh, Barkevius Oh, yeah. Mingo. That's the best name in sports. Barkevius yeah. Mingo was also a uh, cult for a minute, I believe. Yes, he was. He was a Colt. Yep. Two years ago. Three years ago? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Georgia. I thought it was LSU. Kiki Mingo. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It was LSU. Um, Yeah. But you got to go. There's too much. There's still talent on that team. It's not great. But especially you got to go when Tennessee's on the come. The Colts are doing some crazy stuff right now. And... Within the last three years, the Jags have been been at least somebody that could knock you off in divisional play. Right. Yeah, I think starting uh, blowing the four leads that yeah, they've that's had incredible. this year is, and not only that, there was sources. People are telling me I'm hearing sources are saying that a couple weeks ago, Bill O'Brien and JJ Watt got into a verbal altercation during practice Ooh. which one source said is when he lost the team that's when he lost control of the team oh uh, okay so it, apparently it was, dynamic yeah it was him uh the um de- defensive coordinator anthony weaver and jj watt and i mean i think if, if it happened two weeks ago and people are still talking about it it was probably pretty big yeah and that's a lot of big guys that are fighting um on the field so apparently that's what started the whole thing jj watt said when you're on four obviously things need to change i mean it wasn't working i appreciate and respect what he did wink wink nudge nudge we won four division titles in six years with bill and i appreciate that but obviously this year we're on four and stuff wasn't working yep there you go and who's got the headset now Romeo Cronell. He's oh, back. Good old Romeo. Another guy off the Bill Belichick tree. That's right. Man, Romeo Cronell. He's still around, man. Getting a, what is this his third head coaching gig? Seems like it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's crazy. Man, yeah. I did not know. He, Romeo Cornell, huh? Named interim coach. Yep. Wow. Get that job, Romeo. So what does this do? I, 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 I'm a, I don't have a good idea empirically how the uh, in-season coaching change really does anything. Does it help your team? Does it hurt your team? If you're the coach, if you're a, a, a fan of this team, what do you think? Are you, are you happy with this? Do you think this is going to turn the ship around? Where, where are you at? Well, I think that, I mean, there's only one direction to go, right? Sure. But, uh, Win a game. <laughs> right. Or get out the paper bags. But yeah. um, the That's internal. Not a, Rowdy, it's not because somebody dies at the end of his coaching right. career. No. Bill O'Brien has not been executed. Is he? Or, okay, I was going to say, is he executed? Or, or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the internal hire is the way to go, so I don't think it changes the dynamic. I mean, it's not going to, it's not like you're going to install a new system or anything like that, even though Romeo's a defensive coach. But um, I mean, that's the way to go. And you got a guy with head coaching experience. But again, I mean, Houston's, they're sub 500 until they get talent. I mean, you got to have somebody throw to, you got to have somebody run the rock. And you got, you got, I mean, the blown lead, it's just like with Atlanta, the blown lead, that's on defenses. That's not on offenses. That's, that's a defensive problem. Yeah. They did sign Brandon Cooks. Golden Tate is good when not hurt. Or jawing obsessively. David Johnson looks better than he did last year. He doesn't look injured anymore. Uh, Yeah. I just don't know what happened to that team. Owen Daniels isn't walking through that door. <laughs> no, he is not. <laughs> and neither is uh, is Arian Foster. Oh. <laughs> Arian, Fo- Arian Foster's vegan diet isn't walking through that nope. door. Nope. Yeah. You get a vegan diet. Haters. 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 Taters. That's right. It's time for the surest thing in podcasting served up for your consumption. Smothered, covered, chopped, and chewed. It's Rowdy. Hey. Rowdy, how you doing this week, buddy? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> here we are once again. Uh, we're here to give a big, big tips. I don't know. I'm feeling, I don't feel a lot of energy tonight. from Big tips. From Taterville. Uh, let's just get into it, man. Last week. Run, run, run through it. How'd I do? Last week. Big wins, we, big wins, we, big losses. Give me, give had, me the big give me, I want the big picture. All right. Big picture, you went three and two last week. Is that that's a winning record? Yeah. That's a winning that's record. Winning. That's yep. That's all you need. So in the first week, you were you were five and zero. Oh. After second week, you were what is that? Seven and three. And now you're sitting at Ten and five, not bad. All Better right. than the Texans. Six, six, six. <laughs> so this week we've got five games for you to pick. We're going to run through this fast. I know that you've got a lot of places to go. You've got the NBA Finals going on. You've got Major League Baseball. You probably want to get back to making all those big bets. So let's do this Thursday. There's a big boxing match match in Utah tonight. I heard too. Hmm. Oh yeah, and I've got uh, I've got some prop bets on the VP debate. <laughs> 
Thursday, uh, Tampa Bay goes all the way to the Windy City, Chicago, where Chicago is a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Rowdy, who you got? Name those teams again. <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady and his Florida men. go. Oh, yeah, whatever the other team is. Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. Making that's, the, ooh, that's a tough one. They, uh, I, I got to go. Yeah. It's a lot of backups running around over there. The Las Vegas Raiders going to Kansas City to the Arrowhead Stadium where Kansas City is a 13-point favorite. A lot of injuries on the Las Vegas side, side that they're working with. Now, wide receiver core is hurt. Uh, running back might be a little banged up. Kansas City's looking sharp. The defense is the top 10 rated in the league. Oh, yeah. It's going to be Kansas City. Kansas City taking, laying all those points. Indianapolis goes to Cleveland where the river is still on fire. The lake, I guess, technically, <laughs> is still on fire from last week's win. Uh, Cleveland is a one-and-a-half-point underdog against Indianapolis Ooh, in their top five rated defense. Uh, Indy, great against the run, just so you know. Uh, but they still have Phillip Rivers, and if there's one thing we know – Water can catch fire in Ohio. Yeah. So he could get he could be big on this one. Cleveland, one and a half point underdog at home. Who you got? I'm gonna say. They also had their number one. Coats. Chubb, Go coats. coats. Go coats. coats. Uh, Cleveland has their number one uh, running back out right now as well. Minnesota, yeah. uh, the yikes of Minnesota going to Seattle to play the Seahawks. There is a seven points spread on this one. Seattle's a seven point favorite. Uh, I kind of want to see what the over under on this game is. It's got to be set what, like fifty eight. Yeah. Seattle can stop no one defensively. Fifty seven and a half. Look at that. Oh, Man. Nailed it. Yeah. Uh, who you got, Rowdy? What are you guys feeling? No twelve man in Seattle. No crowd. No crowd. That's true. Let Russ cook though, man. I'm yeah. saying Russell Wilson's nasty this year. Yeah, let's do it. Seattle. Seattle. Okay. Minnesota Why? it is. <laughs> <laughs> For all my money. <laughs> and lastly, the L.A. Chargers going all the way to New Orleans, possibly going all the way to New Orleans to face the Saints. They're a seven-and-a-half-point underdog. Uh, New Orleans has all those points. Still without Michael Thomas, still looking a little thin. Drew how, how, little how have old. they been doing? The Saints, uh, they're not, two and two, I think. Two and two, but they haven't been they haven't been great as of late. Uh, now, quick uh, aside on this game could be played Monday night in Indianapolis. That's right if, because of Hurricane Delta. Delta, that's right. Uh, designing woman herself coming through uh, Louisiana. Um, so a lot of CFCs in that hairdo. <laughs> yeah, let's do uh, it. Let's go Saints. Saints, okay, yeah. Drew Brees oh, always, always good in, uh, always good in prime time. But that's is. always when he has. But that's when he has a crowd. So that's true. Okay, so you've got Chicago over Tampa Bay on Thursday. Kansas City land the thirteen points to Las Vegas. Indianapolis one and a half over Cleveland. Seattle minus seven over Minnesota and New Orleans. Slash Indianapolis Saints seven and a half over the Chargers of Los Angeles. Rowdy, do you want to tease this? Uh, I would like to tease it. Okay. All right. I can't forget the first time we met, but I'll keep trying. Viva, viva. Taters.
All right, next up, Mike Holmgren goes economical. What's going on here, boys? Whoa, Mike has become an economist uh, in his retirement, seeming like Mike Holmgren. Now, for people who don't know who he is, who is this man? He is the former head coach of the Green Bay Packers and the Seattle Seahawks. Not, Hall- in, that, not in that order. Packers Hall of Fame uh inductee and super bowl champion with the green bay packers yeah so this hits on what snoop has brought up in the past in terms of how these games impact local economies but probably no more so than in green bay seen as it's by far the smallest uh city with a nba or nfl team as always um, as i always like to point out for those listeners in indiana to give you an idea if you don't know how small green bay is it is smaller than fort wayne indiana yep i don't think anybody in indiana thinks that fort wayne is a very large city so no it's okay it's an okay city okay so he's estimating that the economic impact of uh having no fans at uh the green bay stadium could uh, impact the economy in terms of uh, up to a 75% reduction in revenues. I forget the you guys have it pulled up. I forget the yeah. exact numbers of what they pulled per per game, home game. Each Packers home game provides $15 million in economic impacts to the yeah. city of Green Bay and overall the Packers contribute more than $160 million per year to Green Bay's economy. So yeah, it's so- it, it, it's not a small amount. No, it's especially for a small town. So when you're not packing out Lambo, the bars, the restaurants, the parking people, the whole nine are losing big bucks. They're losing eight weeks of, of uh, what, 100, 100 plus million dollars there. So mm-hmm. I thought it was really pretty cool of Holmgren to, uh, well, and he did this uh, in terms of a, a political criticism of Trump and mm-hmm. how and how uh, Trump, the Trump administration handled COVID, that this was, uh, this didn't need to go down the way it's done. This was preventable. Yeah, he did this in conjunction with the Biden-Harris campaign. Okay. Yeah, and they released it and said, uh, like in his, the start of, I think it's the second paragraph says, Today's announcement makes one thing very clear. President Trump's failure to mount a forceful response to the coronavirus pandemic has a profound, has had profound consequences for Green Bay's economy. And then just goes on from there and basically says, this all lays at the feet at, of Donald Trump and his failure to respond to this pandemic. And there's not a lot, I mean, obviously it comes from the, the Biden campaign, so there's not a lot of mincing words here. He just urges everybody to vote. Vote for your Packers. You know, in a lot of ways, this is very similar to what the Doug Jones move, right? Absolutely. I was just going to say this is two states now that have incorporated football into their political messaging. Although I think the Holmgren thing could be more interesting to watch because Wisconsin is a swing state. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Like I say, I don't think you're going to see the needle move much at all in Alabama, but in Wisconsin, this is going to be very interesting. And it is, it is interesting how much sports, particularly football, is coming into play here. Well, and that's we talk about the economic impact. The, you know, Lambeau is different than a lot of other places. Then the Packers are obviously different because they anybody who is a 
season ticket holder as a minority owner right. in in that team, which is what helps keep it there. So they're not um, they're not in the same fleecing business that other uh, the other thirty one teams are. The other thirty, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so that's a little different, but they, that means that they also actually feel the economic impact more so than other places would because they are so reliant on those games um, as part of their revenue. Uh, and then people, I mean, they, there's only two things that people, well, three things that people in Wisconsin really care about. Uh, they care about Packers, beer, uh, specifically spotted cow and brandy and you're messing with one of the three three of the trinity so uh, I think that this might I wonder I, wonder, I shouldn't say I think it will because we've been wrong every time but I, I wonder yeah, if this thousand. will yeah I, so if you hear us say I think it's going to do something bet the other side uh I wonder what, what impact this will have on the people. And I don't know how like the Green Bay Appleton area right. votes typically. Um, so I don't know what, what that will look like. If, if this will make a, if his statement makes uh, an impact at all. What but do it does, you think? What would you think the impact would have been greater? Had it been Brett Favre? Mm-hmm. What about I know Donald driver. <laughs> yeah. What about Desmond Howard? Yeah. Uh, uh, what about AJ Hawk? AJ yeah, Hawk. Think, yeah, there, yeah. There you go. Um, what about our, our boy in the, uh, black Israelites? Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't think it would. I don't because I don't know how much impact this is actually going to have. Especially, I know I think Wisconsin—they're already doing early voting, but they can't count them till the till the day of. So yeah, Wisconsin and Pennsylvania are both in that have that policy. Yeah. So no, I don't. I don't. I don't think it would matter who would have said it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe sports does have a bigger impact than I think. But no, I don't. I don't really think this is going to have. He's making good points. I agree with his points that mm-hmm. you're starting to affect a lot of people, a lot of working class people, and a lot of businesses that rely on this injection of of funds during this right. period of time. But you now, what do you think? I'm kind of in the same boat as you, uh, and I don't know how you'd gauge it. Like, what kind of what kind of metric you would use to try to figure out unless you, unless it's uh, you know, green Bay, they look at the area, like you're saying of green Bay Appleton and it, it reverses its direction from last time or improves significantly over last time for the Democrats. But it's hard to say. I mean, it's politically, I think it's shrewd uh, just like the Doug Jones thing. Um, And I think it's, it's, a better place shot in terms of the swing state that Wisconsin has become, but it's hard to say. I mean, if I would assume green Bay is the bit differently than Milwaukee and Madison. I don't know that for sure, but we'll see. Yep. 
Yep. And I think the last thing I'll say is if you, I, why I don't think it'll make a difference is if you believe that Trump is doing a good job and it's not his fault the way things have gone. No, he's not. It is, it is his fault. Right. Yeah. Drugs and knowledge. The China then, virus. Then you're not changing your mind. Right. So no, I don't. I, yeah. I find it hard. If you're a Trump supporter, I find it hard to believe that anything's going to sway you. Now, if you were an Obama to Trump voter, you might bounce back. But if you were a, uh, you know, you voted Republican the majority of the time anyway, and you're a Trump voter in 16, then I don't see anything changing in your mind. Yep. Very good. What else we got? We got any time left? What did the producer say? Can we go over? 72,000 plus Florida men? Oh, man. It's going to be crazy. Snoop, what do you think about, uh, what is his name? DeSanto? DeSantis. Down, DeSantis down there in uh, Florida? Yeah, so Ron DeSantis came out and said that at this point, they can uh, all Florida stadiums uh, are allowed to go to full capacity for the remainder of games in 2020. Well, and I wrote the 72,000 thinking of Hard Rock Stadium down in Miami, but I wasn't thinking of the U. Uh, well, that's where they play right now, Hard Rock. No, I know, but the, the full stadiums, that means that the swamp can be full, and that's over 100,000. Florida State's oh, yeah. probably pushing 100,000. UCF's got a pretty good stadium. I mean, so if it's college too, that's 20, 30, 5,000 more people than pro games than Jacksonville and uh, Miami. Yeah. And he's allowed, so the, the Dolphins specifically have come out and said uh, they're going to keep their stadium capacity at 13,000 despite what the governor is saying. Ooh, but nice. Uh, I don't know that uh, Florida or Florida State or UCF or uh, South Florida plays in Raymond James, so they're right. like right around seventy thousand as well. Then well, they're Tampa going to. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know about Florida because I don't know if the stadium compa- capacity thing is a state by state thing or if it's an SEC thing. Ooh, yeah. I don't Florida know. might have to uh, abide to the SEC regulations as Florida State might have to abide to the ACC regulations if that's how it's structured. I would think yeah. that's how it's structured because I've watched several SEC games and they all look about the same in terms of crowd, about SEC 20%. SEC Associate Commissioner Herb Vincent reminded Matt Hayes that the conference allows – Schools to set attendance. Florida made 17,000 seats available for the Gators' home opener against South Carolina, though it did not sell all available tickets. So they could increase the games. Yeah, it. the SEC does not have a cap okay. on the amount. I That is surprising to me. Yeah, so and they, the Gators can, couldn't sell 17,000 tickets? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. So it... If they want to sell more, oh, they can. Well, they're going to. Uh, and also, it didn't say do what Jacksonville was going to do. Right. Or Tampa. Yeah. The Hagawars. Uh, yeah. That, you know, I didn't think about the college angle on this. Mm-hmm. 
There was that's, some big, the, at least two giant stadiums. Yeah. Man. And think about it geographically, man. All across the state. Gainesville, Jacksonville, Tampa, Miami, Central Florida. I mean, all the way down Florida, if they start packing these stadiums, it's just going to explode. Man, this is so dumb. It's funny that we just we just had this, you know, we're talking about Mike Holgram coming out with a statement about uh, the Packers deciding not to let any fans in for the remainder of 2020. And then the Florida, the sunshine state, you know, the bellwether of the United States. And it, <laughs> well, you know what? It's more the windsock of America, if we're mm-hmm. being real honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they're deciding that, yeah, we're going to open everything up, even though the curve is. Well, and see, this is going to this is going to cause some friction. I could see either with other ACC schools or other SEC schools, because now you're uh, you, you could the argument could be you're technically penalized by state policies. So say Tennessee says, no way, 20% only, you're not getting any more. Well, then UT isn't going to make nearly the amount of money, have the potential to make nearly the amount of money as Florida Florida will. Or if Mm. Missouri says, no way, I mean, they're already down because they have a smaller stadium, but I think you'll see sure. more of a discrepancy in ACC than you will SEC in terms of state policies because ACC gets up into the north. So are you trying to tell me that this could be about money? This could all come down to money? It certainly seems that way, doesn't it? What I doesn't come down forget- to money, really? I, I think you're forgetting that these are amateurs. Mm. Oh, Student yeah. athletes. Yeah. Rowdy, you don't have any hot takes about the virus, do you? Man, <laughs> there's a lot I could say, uh-huh. but I'm 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 gonna not let my sinful nature win this one. Mm. Well, that's it. We did it. We did sports. As Taking always, the high road. I want to thank the commissioner of sound, Mikey. Oh no, the minister of sound, Mikey Jet Melly Music. The commissioner, Brandon Casburn. There, I got it. Food editor, Dennis Jew. And the honorary ball boy this week is? Ball women this week, uh, doing a little WNBA here. The Seattle Storm are WNBA champions sweeping the Las Vegas Aces 3-0. Wow. Brianna Stewart uh, had an amazing uh, uh, series, it looks like. And she's only like, what, a year removed, year and a half removed from blowing out her Achilles? Mm. Come on now. Get out of here. These ladies be balling. You know what? I pulled my hamstring like three weeks ago. Uh, I thought I was going to have to, I was thought I was going to like never run again for like a whole day. And she like actually broke something in her body. I'm just a big win. You know, they say Here's, when you, when you pop your Achilles that you can hear it. That's disgusting. Isn't that wild? Nah, I don't want to like hear a tendon, that. tendon, you can hear it snap. A bone kind of makes sense that you could hear that, but a yeah. tendon just popping. Ugh. You remember when Paul George broke his uh, his leg on that on the, stanchion? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, you could hear that. Yeah, I saw that. Ran. I've talked about this before, but I randomly saw that live. I was wa- I was actually watching a, an Olympic <laughs> exhibition game. <laughs> 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 Just randomly. 
What was uh, what was your mental state of mind at the time? I just all I could think about was the Pacers when he broke <laughs> his leg in half. That's all I was concerned about. Gold medal be damned. I'm worried about the Pacers. <laughs> Gold medal. <laughs> Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or email us at sportsportsportspod at gmail.com with any questions, headlines, or topics you want to discuss. And don't forget to rate us and subscribe. New episodes will be there every Thursday where we will ask, how about some sports? How about it? Anybody want any cheese? <laughs>